Oh, okay. All right, here we go. We're recording. All right. So, Jay, no. Jay, no. BC, what's up, man? Feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm out here in California, man. In the in the 56 degree temperature, I'm outside sitting in my backyard. It really doesn't yeah, get life's good any better than that. I mean, I got it's snowing up on the hill behind me. So I don't know if I could have that in the in the video. I am over eight, I over twenty one. Hey man, yeah, this is this is gonna be this is light. You know, this is nothing. Beer thirty somewhere. I don't That's know. right, it, dude. Everywhere it's it's Corona right. time. I have heard that people are drinking a lot more during this uh, Corona time. Oh, I'm sure. Like, I mean, just eating and drinking. I'm sure just everything's out the window. Like, <laughs> you know, like just chilling and going to the fridge a lot more frequently. Yes. Yes. So the question will be like, when we look back 20 years from now, what did you do with your Corona break? Right. Did you get stronger? Did you write a book? Did you, did you sit around and watch Netflix and get fat? You know, what did you do? Yeah. And your kids to make a connection with your wife. No, that's, and that's such a good, a good question. And just like, you know, looking, looking forward, you know, and, and realizing that, the, the winners of this time are going to be the people that didn't let themselves get off track and let yeah. their, let their diets go crazy and, and, you know, have, have those extra beers or extra, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. that, whatever your, you know, crutch is, you know, leaning on that instead of, instead of leaning on that, what we need to do is just push that aside and just keep pushing forward and, and double down. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, cause a lot of the stuff that we can do now is the stuff that we probably didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the hard stuff, the things that, that, you know, take time that are, you know, maybe a little bit boring. You know, right. we, were, we were talking yesterday about training and, and when you talk about training and, and really having the time to go into your weaknesses, right. Cause as 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 compared- wait, wait, hold on hold on hold on we we only have lesser strengths we have no weaknesses coach okay you, 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 you're right you're right so our our going into our lesser strengths and and going in and because as competitors and as coaches of you know guys and girls that we want to see reach the the peak of their athletic abilities we really go from season to season to season mm-hmm. from big competition to big competition to big competition. Yeah. And it's hard to find those, those blocks of time. And maybe we need to, as, as coaches need to be better about it, but it's hard to find those blocks of time where we can just say, look, we're not worried about uh, winning this national title. We're not winning, worried about winning this state title. All we're worried about is getting better uh, on the bottom position. And then you invest, you know, a month or two months on one position and, and really address some of these things that, that have caused, you know, problems and issues. And I mean, now's the time. <laughs> like, You're making me think about like, you know, it's like periodizing your training, right? And you have a meso cycle and a micro cycle and a macro cycle. So the meso is one week and the macro, the micro is one month. And then the, the, the micro is, is one month. And then the macro is a year. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like a time to, to start putting things into a big plan and putting it on a calendar. This is what I want to get done during this time. I, you know, we probably got at least eight weeks 
and I'm looking at it as, as an advantage to, to get stronger and work on technique. And like you said, balance, flexibility, um, this attack, let's develop an underhook, let's develop a front headlock, uh, let's get better on the bottom. Who knows if we'll have a freestyle season this year, yeah. which is just morning, but, you know, you got to accept it. Um, kids lost their NCAA tournament. I think it's not the end of the world if we lose to Fargo, yeah. even though it's just going to hurt. It is going to hurt. But uh, I wanted to touch a little bit for people that don't know our connection on uh, 2008 uh-huh. and the journey that you and I took in 2008. It started in 2007. Yeah. Correct. Or actually, no, 2000. Yeah, was, seven. 2007. Yep. And then went into 2008. So why don't you talk about that just a little bit? We won't, we won't, yeah, uh, I, our whole this, that gives me chills. I don't know if you can see, but. Uh, <laughs> Every time I think of it, I was actually thinking about this when I was running yesterday and I'm like kind of, you know, going over what, you know, what we want to talk about and just thinking and just thinking about our relationship and, and just the way that it started. It started in the San Francisco state wrestling room. One day I was, I was, I was training with, you know, it was just an open room. I was training with uh, some of no, no, I didn't have a partner. I was, you know, new freshman walking around and I end up asking Donald Lockett if he wanted to drill. And I never, I never felt so bad about asking somebody to train before because he looked at me like, like, dude, do you even know what you're talking? Like, what are you, are you, who you're asking? You're talking to me. Yeah. You're talking to me. And and those of you don't, don't know, Donald Lockett's an NCAA finalist, you know, what was the what was the man at San Francisco State? You know, for a while, trained with uh, American, trained with you, and and so I proceeded to just, you know, I got you know we started warming up, and then he just started whooping on me and whooping on me and whooping on me, and I'm like, oh, Jesus! And then yeah. I get done with that, and I'm like, oh, thank God! Like, all right, like I need to chill, get my things together now, and then you grab me. And you're like, hey, let's let's go. And then I just ate blast double after blast double after blast double. Where I was still shooting back then. <laughs> and I'm like, and I was just like, but I but but both of those, I I came out of both of those those uh, in my eyes, I came out of both of those drilling situations where you know I was kind of just getting introduced to the college wrestling room, you know, and I came out of both those situations. I never stopped fighting. I didn't. I just kept coming back for more, kept coming back for more. And, and you grabbed me afterwards. We were like in the doorway in the SF state room and you were like, and I, I'd never even like thought of any of this. And you were like, you were like, what's your goals? And I'm like, you know, I don't know. Like <laughs> I didn't even really know. And you, you popped me in the chest. You're like NCAA champion. He's like, you can be an NCAA champion. I was like, okay. And, and, and I, I never lost that. And I could always, that, that moment and that day, I can always go back to that. And look, I didn't reach my goal. And like that, that haunts me and it it hurts me regularly, but that, that day and, and those four years that we were training and that we were together, I always can reflect back on those days because I know that it was all put together for, Mm-hmm. to make me a better man and to make me a better coach and put me like, you know, I always talk about, I, you know, if, if I had won an NCAA title, would I have had the drive to continue coaching? And I probably would have because, yeah. cause you know, I, I 
you know, you love I, it. I loved it and I wanted to, but maybe I wouldn't be as passionate. Maybe, I mean, maybe I would, but you know, I, I tried to, maybe another opportunity would have came along too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Who knows? And I tried to reframe it and you know, the, the style of coaching that I took was, was heavily influenced, you know, by you because, you know, I, I was, you were training with me at 6 a.m. when I, I was driving to, to uh, JLS, mm-hmm. you know, three, four days a week, sometimes five days a week, you know, we were training. And that's just what I took into coaching was be the person that, that your athletes can look to, be the ap- person that is going to be there side by side, you know, thick or thin. Because, you know, going through my career – you know, my, my sophomore year, I took like a hiatus. I was going through a, whatever. I was, my head was not on straight. I remember that. And it was the, obviously the worst, worst uh, season of my career. But I knew, and this is what I was thinking about yesterday, is no matter how my seasons went throughout my career, I knew that when, when push came to shove and you and I dialed in and really, like, Focus, focus, focus. I knew I was going to be ready at the, at the regional, at the, at the NCAA oh, yeah. tournament. I knew because I just – I was able because, – because of our relationship, I was able to believe in, in everything that, that we had and that you gave to me. We, I, we, just, we just had that connection. And so – uh, It was definitely simpatico, man. I, I, I have only just a few relationships like that where I was into it as much as the athlete and we were training together and I was still in good enough shape and strong enough to still go hard with you. And uh, that was a really special time. And it makes me feel great that, you know, that's the type of relationship that you want with your athletes, like just to be there, you know? Yeah. And I'll tell you what, nothing's more fun than doing it with your son. Mm-hmm. You know, nothing's more fun than doing it with your son. I tell you what, it's a blast. It's so hard. And it's so hard because it's so emotional, you know, it's so much more emotional. And, uh, you know, I could be hard on you and it's not going to affect me as emotionally and it's not going to affect you as emotionally because we're peers and we're friends and we're brothers and I'm your coach, but I'm not your father. Right. You know, uh, so it's a whole nother level with your kid, but it's, it's, it's even more special because you got so much more time and obviously it's your flesh and blood and it, you know, he looks like you and moves like you and, um, you know, it's really awesome. I can't wait for you to, 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 to be able to do that with your kid. And hopefully I can still be around and help, you know, help your oh, kid. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I mean, you, cause you help Cade. Yeah. Some of that help of you helping Cade when he was a little guy. Yeah. And, and uh, I want to see you roll with him now. I tell you what, I want to see it. At least I, 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 I got to get why the getting's good. It's, <laughs> I, I watch, I'll watch all his videos and see it. I know that, I don't. I don't want him attacking me from space. I know that getting his long arms from a mile away on me. Dolchev told me. Told him. You know Ivan Dolchev. Yeah. And he said. He said. You. You have two years to beat him. You're going to be way bigger than him, man. You had two years only, and he didn't do it within the two years. So I win. There you go. Bigger than me. It doesn't count. Doesn't no. count. That's right. Yeah. Um. Okay. Let's get into some of this stuff we were talking about. This is just our first one of these, which I I, I love. Hopefully people get something out of this. Um, you know, you asked me earlier, what are the skills you're looking for when you're assessing an athlete or a wrestler for the first time? Mm-hmm. And we had a little conversation about, uh, is it, okay, 
it depends on if the guy's a college guy, if it's a college girl, if it's a first year high school wrestler, if it's a three year high school wrestler, if it's a middle school kid. So your, your expectations are different. Um, but I think we're both looking for like some sort of competency on your feet. I can tell in the first, you know, 15 seconds of watching somebody move around, you know, maybe I can't tell all the way how good they are, but I can tell how good they are on their feet usually. And, you know, where's the space underneath their feet? You know, how are they moving their feet? Which one's their lead leg? You know, how's their coordination? Where's their head position? Where's their hands at? So I kind of, I know personally, I kind of uh, have a snap um, assessment of somebody just watching them move for 15 seconds or less. And I go, okay, does this person have a system on their feet? Are they, are they organized in their thought process? Or are they just going out and wrestling? Mm-hmm. I know so many kids that just go wrestle. You know, they don't have a game plan at all. They don't know what tie they want. They don't know which lead leg they want forward. They don't know how to set up a shot. And that's where I go, man, I wonder how anybody learns how to wrestle. <laughs> how does anybody learn how to wrestle without help in those situations? Because I know I wasn't good enough to, to figure it out like that. What are you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. And I love, I love that word systems. Like you, you have to have a system, systematic approach to, you know, the way you move and the, the, the things that you're doing, right. You could see Justin's stance in motion. Like what, what is this athlete? What are their hands doing? What are their feet doing? Are they, are they just swatting around or are they, you know, are they using like elbow pass motion? Are they taking off a two on one? Are they, you know, drop stepping? Are they swisher stepping? Like, you know, or are they really blocky? Are they, you know, so those, right. like those, those systems go a long ways to just like, you know, really bear analysis right off the bat and just seeing, you know, okay, I, you know, this athlete, you know, cause based on the assessment, I think is ba- it, it tells you where you need to start. Some athletes, you know, you might have to start with, you know, line drills of just footwork where you're swisher uh, and then, you know, penetration step or drop step penetration, um, you know, outside steps, things like that, where, and then there's some athletes where you can get, and, you know, you, you go through a couple rounds of stance and motion and then like, okay, let's, now let's see what your next system is. Let me see your single leg. You know, let me see your double leg. Let me well, see here's a side note too. You know, I like people to wrestle like me, obviously. And I teach, you know, a version of John Smith's offense that I've made my own and added a bunch of pieces to. And I think you're in that same yeah. boat. But my thing with it is like, yeah, we want to do the line drills at the beginning because we want to see what you got. But I don't have a problem getting people to wrestle more this way, even if it's not their natural style, because I, I still think it helps you so much more. I still think it's the way to wrestle. I, you know, and, and some people could argue with me about that, but I think even if you wrestle with underhooks and throws and, and uh, you know, all front headlocks or, or you want to funk, you know, you want to let them in and, and, and scramble, whatever it is, how can you go wrong? with having your chest over your knee, your hands in front, your shoulders square, your head coming forward and jabbing towards your opponent. How can that be wrong? It's not wrong. And that's for every style. So I think, you know, I had a, uh, I coached Leister Bowling. You know Leister? Uh-uh. You don't know Leister. Leister is a, uh, was a runner-up, NAI runner-up. Um, I met him through Steve Costanzo. And we've been friends forever. Okay, one of my best friends in the world. And he he's a hammer. He's a – He's a brawler. He's a choke you out. He's a physical guy. And 
we still did all the same drills, all the same stuff I did with you, I did with him, and then made him a lot better. You know, he got more agile on his feet. He got more explosive. He got more confident. Then when he got away from that stuff, he's, his feet stopped moving, and he starts trying to muscle guys and just use his upper body strength. He's not as good. He's not as effective. So I, I think that, you know, you hear brands talk about moving your feet. You hear, you hear Sanderson talk about moving your feet. You hear John Smith talking about moving your feet. So um, that's, a, that's a staple that I think everybody should do. Yeah, prereq, right? Like it's a prerequisite. If you if you if your if your snap stance in motion isn't smooth, if you can't move your hands and feet in unison, and and at the at the same time you're moving your opponent's feet, you know, outside of their will, and if you can't do that, it's going to be really really hard to yeah. to reach the the upper echelon. And it's going to take so long. Yeah, I mean they're not they're not gifted enough they're not talented enough they're they don't care enough about it to figure it out right yeah i, I coached with uh chris Horpel for a year okay chris Horpel was head coach at stanford he he worked you know his claim to fame is coaching uh dave schultz okay and he spent time with dave schultz when dave schultz was really really good and uh to me that's you know obviously a little bit easier if you're coaching somebody that already knows how to wrestle yeah right but chris brilliant technician i learned something every time i saw him teach but he, there was no system to his teaching and he, his words were he had a shotgun method of coaching. So he would just come in and it would be like a clinic every day. Yeah. Just throw it all out there, whatever sticks. Okay. Now maybe if they already know how to wrestle, maybe if they're seven and they're trying to develop a style, even though I still wouldn't do that at seven. Um, or maybe it's a, you know, it's a, it's a free day. You know, it doesn't always have to be so regimented, systematic, stance in motion, you know, leg attacks, you know. But it just would take kids forever to figure it out. It's like they're not smart enough. I don't give them enough, that much credit to figure it out. Like, here, let me teach you this move, and then you got to figure out how it, how it connects to this move and this move and this move and this move and this position and the way you come out and where you put your hands on. It's like it's too scattered and not um, – and not and not uh, not systematic enough for for my for my uh, I just like I said if, especially if my my job security depended on this kid winning there's no way I would just do that now right. most cases high school jobs do not depend on the kids winning you know they could you can run a crappy program if you want in high school <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah that's your choice right uh, in most situations but doing it like that is just gonna take forever. You know, yeah. unless they're a kid at camp and they're going to start on a program, they're, they're not going to figure it out. You know, not at a high, high level. No. Not for California. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah, I like, because, you know, I, we, we talked about this a little bit earlier and it's having the, those connections, like you said, like they're not just going to figure out this connects to this, this connects to that. Like they, these are how it rolls forward. No, like I think the, the real like meat of, of, you know, jumping levels after you have your stance in motion is making those connections and, and for a coach to be able to connect them for not for them necessarily, but help them, see it and helps put them in situations where you can develop it, you know, talking about, you know, starting with the end in mind and, and, you know, putting them in double legs and putting the defender in a specific, you know, 
situation or telling them like, I want you to defend this way. And then having them develop, you know, you know, getting off their knees or cutting corners or, you know, using, you know, the wrestling down there on your knees. Uh, it, 100%. But there is, there is like, you know, you say you don't want to lead them too much, but I think there is right and wrong and there is good and there is better. Right. So that might be good, but this is better. This is better. And this is why it's better. And, uh, you know, like I'm reading another book. It's, it's about it's triphasic training. It's awesome. It's about, you know, stuff you already know, concentric, isometric, eccentric muscle actions, every muscle action, every movement has all three, but it's talking a lot about focusing on the eccentric and the, and the isometric. It, it's, it's, a, it's like a textbook, but you'd really, you'd really like it. But the thing I like about it mainly is it talks about we're stress coaches. Like if you want, thank you, sir. If you want improvement, you have to have a ton of stress. And we are like the managers of the stress for the athletes, right? To me, when my coaching is, it's, it's so demanding technically that it's stressful. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's not good enough. No, put your foot like that. No, do it again. No, where's your shoulder? No, look at your body angle. No, look where your, your knee was right there. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. And some kids, even though that there's nothing mean about that, there's nothing really even that hard about it because you can do all that and really not even break a sweat. Right. But it's taxing and it's like demanding. And um, to me, if you're not doing that, you should just go home. You should go yeah. home. Yeah. I mean, there, yeah, there's, you know, that there's a, an artistic side of it. I think that you have to have like, this is, this, these are your masterpieces, right? Like we talk about like whatever you're as an athlete or as a coach you're talking about as an athlete. I, I think as an athlete, like as an athlete, but also as a, as a coach, you, you oh, yeah. it's an art and a science. Teaching is an art and a science in my opinion. Yeah. Cause I mean, every time they step on the mat, it's a reflection of you. And, and, yes. you know, you want, you want to be able to portray and for them to be able to display a high, you know, grasp of these skills and, and to show like this, this is the this is the system back to systems. This is the system. It works X, Y, Z. And when you're training with, you know, uh, you know, perfect practice and, and with very high discipline, this is the, the outcome. So you just, you, you have that systemic approach where this is what we do and we do it to this level. And mm -hmm. there's no, there's no exceptions. There's no, there's no, Oh yeah, that was okay. That, that was pretty good. Let's move on. No, it's, it's no, again, 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 and you sit there and, and one, one workout might be, you know, a, a 150, 200 single legs, but, right. but by the, you know, when you're doing it so many times that now you can't do it wrong. Mm -hmm. Now we start to, to really see the evolution and all these things start to, and then you can really actually pick up your pace. I think as, as, as the, the athletes understand, like that, yeah. that's what's being asked of them. That's what not even asked. That's what's being demanded of them. Mm -hmm. Like that's what, it, this is what the expectation is. And if you don't have it, like you said, there's the door. Like you don't, you don't have to be here. And it's not like you're kicking anybody out, but it's like, okay, if you don't want to practice like this then we should just go home because we're not going to get better. Right. We're not going to get better. And you know, that kind of goes to where coaching is nowadays too, which is we're not always asked to coach to win. 
and sometimes coaching in situations where winning is not really that important. And so, you know, us being, you know, college All-Americans, uh, winning is really important. And so for us to coach in a situation where winning is not the most important thing, and it's never the most important thing, getting better is the most important thing. The, the you know, athletes first, developing the character, all the stuff we learn. I don't need to preach to the choir about why wrestling's good to right. you, or to, to anybody listening to this. But when you're focused on winning, you coach a certain way as opposed to when you're not focused on winning. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. you're trying to get more out of practice because, you know, I know for myself as an athlete, I need a lot of proof. I need a lot of proof. I'm very insecure, you know, <laughs> as, a, as an athlete. Yeah. As a coach. You know? um, so I want, I like adulation. I like satisfaction. I like praise. And if I'm not receiving that on a, on a regular basis, I'm like, Hey, what's going on? I'm not, uh, I'm insecure about it. Yeah. And so I need to take you down three, four times in a row with my single leg, my high crotch before I really believe in it, you know, for, I really believe in it. So I'm trying to constantly get that proof and practice that I can, I've demonstrated the ability to do this in practice. So in a match, it shouldn't be really any different. It shouldn't be different. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But you absolutely. can't go through the motions and get that type of performance. No. Absolutely. And then, so as a, as a coach, it's when we're, when we're seeing the, that progress and you have the, the kids starting to, to work like that. So what, what do you, what do you do to manage? So now both athletes are trying to perfect these skills. You know, what are you, you know, how are you managing, you know, little Timmy is, is starting to get the perfection down and John is, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, a little bit behind. How, how do we catch them up or how do we shoot them both forward? I think that's something that, you know. That's great. That's a great question. I think that um, when you're working on skills, right, you need a lesser opponent. You need somebody you can kind of put it on. Yeah. So your stuff works. And if you're trying to get tough, then you need a tougher opponent that your stuff is not going to work on as, as well. And you're going to have to fight and be a little bit more combative, maybe a bigger guy, maybe an older guy, maybe a more experienced guy. So it kind of depends on what your goal is. If your goal is focused on John, Johnny, and he's a lesser guy, then you're probably going to make sure you uh, vary his workout partners, vary his, his uh, goals and his expectations for the workout. Like against that guy, I want you to put it on him. I need to see five clean doubles yeah. in this two minute go. You know, and versus this guy, just fight for head position, man. Just fight for inside position. When he gets, hey, he's going to get to your leg, stuff the head, sprawl square up, whatever it is. But the the expectations are set more clearly for that kid. You know, it's always easy when you have your guy. Yeah. Like, so when I was at San Francisco State and, you know, I had you and Curtis and Marcus Gales. And I mean, I'm trying to think of the other guys on the team at that time. But, you know, you and Curtis were were two of my focuses yeah and you guys did the best too you know you guys did the best um but it was really easy when you're working out with some guy that's a nameless faceless guy well i'm kind of focused on how you're getting better i'm not really that focused on how he's getting better i i obviously you don't want to um disrespect your partner right and he needs to get something out of it too if he's going to be a partner for 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 you but as a coach 
and you're my guy. Well, I'm, I'm focused on really my, my thoughts are going to, well, he needs to work on this and you need to beat him easier. Yeah. You beat him harder. You need to, you need to make that cleaner. You need to get there faster. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, your brainstorming is going on. How do I fix these issues? Right. How do I tighten everything up? How do I make you stronger in these positions? You know? Yeah. 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 I, I, I love that. And that's just coming down to, you know, having, you know, it's not, we're not going through the motions at practice. Like everything is, is very focused, whether it's wrestling live or breaking down skills, it's, we have goals, you know, to, to accomplish at this practice. And, you know, I, I'm, you know, very, I, I have a hard time. Like if I get stuck on something, especially as a coach, like, and I like it, like we're going to, we're going to run with it because I, you know, I want, I want to just keep hammering away at where we're getting better. And, and sometimes, I mean, that can be a fault because like right. the things that get neglected. Which is, which is why it's important to have a practice. Yes. You neglect, you start neglecting mat work or you neglect top yeah. or I'm just having so much fun here or I don't want to go. That's why it's important. I think to have a practice plan almost by the minute where you go, okay, I get to 20 minutes on this. I got to move on. Okay. I got to move on. <laughs> and even if you don't want to move on, um, cause it's just going to keep you moving and keep you progressing. Mm-hmm. That's easier said than done though. You know, easier said than done, especially when you're, you're getting somewhere with something. And I think it's okay to scrap the practice plan sometimes if you're making huge gains in an area, mm-hmm. you know, like I, I was thinking about something, uh, Tony Robbins says this all the time. And, uh, you know, I love all those self-talk. So, you know, self-help gurus. I think you can learn something from all those people. Yeah. Um, like Josh Nolan, you're like a guru yourself. You're like a, a self-talk success guru yourself. You're yeah. on your way, son. You're on your way. Yeah. So, but Anthony says like, uh, uh, clarity is power, right? Clarity is power. And it's so true. Like if I know exactly what I want, I usually always get it. It's when I'm like, uh, I'm not sure which way do I go that I end up, you know, in no man's land. Right. Yeah. Or, or end up with a result that I, that I don't want. And what's the, what's the quote? You can either be like a specific person or you can be a wondering generality. And, you know, if I ask you, hey, Josh, what do you want? And you go, I don't know. I go, that's what you're going to get. Yeah. That's what you're going to get. You got to know what you want. And as an athlete, I think it's very easy. Right? Like the script says two words on it, kick ass. There's only one script says kick ass says look like a stud be a stud project the image of a stud score as many points as you can that's pretty simple Mm -hmm. that's pretty simple just do that follow that model if you're not there keep working towards that I know exactly what it looks like I know exactly what it looks like and then the more you can fill your brain with images of exactly what you want it to look like that's why John Smith was so great for me because if I got stagnant in practice, if I got to where I had lack of clarity about how I wanted to wrestle, I just go back and watch the master mm-hmm. and I model him and, and like I can start wrestling like John and modeling him. And then all of a sudden I become John Smith and I feel like John Smith. And it almost takes the pressure away because if I'm wrestling in practice and I'm trying to be John Smith and I give up a takedown. Well, I didn't give up a takedown. John Smith gave up a takedown. <laughs> John Smith's gonna get that back. Don't worry about it. So, but I, I, I like the role playing stuff. I think it's fun, and you need a muse 
that's why the John stuff gives you so much clarity. Russell like this. Russell like this. Or if it's, if it's an Iowa style, Russell like this. Mm-hmm. And then you can't do it all the way because you're not John Smith or you're not Tom Brands, but you put your body into that style and then it becomes your style. And then now it's not so much John Smith style. It's Josh Nolan style. Mm-hmm. It's not it's not Brahmin Creighton style. It's Josh Nolan style. And you're doing it for your body, you know, and it like you own it now. You own it. Like I own the low single. It's not John Smith's low single anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? That's my low single that I learned from John Smith. Yeah. Um, but it's my shot. Yeah. You know? So. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Going and just being that person. And, and I, 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 I took that from you and I do that in coaching. Like, especially when I'm coaching like my guy, I'm coaching my guy. I'm like, okay, today I want you to your Iowa style. You're Tom Brands today. Yeah. And, and I want you scoring in the front headlock. I want you punking guys. I want you wrestling up, you know, pushing guys around, winning the hand fight. And then, you know, we maybe do two, three days like that. And then we come back and now you're, you're John Smith. All right. Or Kale Sanderson, whatever it. You remember you, the Iowa Okie drill we used to I, do? I, I use that drill to this day. It's awesome. I haven't, I haven't done that for a while. I got to go back to that. Yeah. That's a great drill. I love that drill. Yeah. Cause you learn awesome. the role model and like, I just think it's easier to win matches lots of different ways. If you can do that, right. If I can really put myself and I can be Lincoln McAravey today, or I can be Dave Schultz. I can wrestle like that. I can be Kale Sanderson today, I can be Jordan Burroughs today, you know, and like I said, you're learning how to win lots of different ways. Wrestling is just, you're learning your way all the way around the wrestling mat now. Right now, you know, all the, the whole mat, you don't just know this part of the mat, you know, the whole mat, right? You can't learn everything, right? Can't, you can't know every single move and be proficient in every single move. So you do have to, you know, I think the better you get, the less technique you use. Right? Sure. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just start big and then just, we're just narrowing it down into boom. This is, this is what will get the job done. Every right. single time, every single, right. this is a, you know, a replicable um, system. Now we're back yeah. to the system. We're back to it, you know, and. And it's like your motor patterns are so refined in those positions. Like, and you know, I'm doing a lot of like fitness stuff with Jet right now, right? And really my thought process is just, just create a bunch of different motor patterns for him that he feels comfortable doing all these different movements. And then when he gets into sport, you're just sort of recalling this movement. I'm recalling, I can, you know, my body knows how to move like this and it's comfortable and strong here. And I have um, a base of, of strength to, to move well in this position. And then you just put the wrestling moves on top of that. Yeah. You know, um, but they're all, you've been in all these positions, you know, and your body knows how to be, you know, mainly be strong and be stable in, in all these positions. I, I talk about like a, you know, universal wrestling position where you're in on the leg, head up, back straight, hips in, you're on your knee. If, if you can't just balance there without anybody on top of you, how are you going to learn to shoot? <laughs> you can't take a shot. Uh-uh. You're going to fall down in front of me, you know, or we had a kid um, at Palo Alto this year who working with him a lot towards the beginning of the season, then towards the last half of the season didn't work with him very much. Beautiful leg attack beautiful double leg towards the end of the season. It's like, he starts dive bombing 
and he's ended up on his face every time he's not finishing a thing it's because okay you're doing all the cute stuff still and you're doing all the the stance in motion and all the dancing but you're not working on wrestling like the wrestling happens when the struggle happens mm. when i get to your leg and you try to stop me now we're wrestling right i get an underhook on you and you're trying to stop me i put you in a front headlock you're trying to stop me right you get to my leg i'm trying to stop now we're wrestling yeah. okay you got to get better at the wrestling part is what i tell him um but that's a hard concept especially when you don't have the reps yeah yeah the, yeah the the repetition so yeah the hard reps too right like i mean those those getting in those situations where you know you're beat you know or 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 a guy's you know actively working to stop you and mm -hmm. those are the hard reps like it's easy i go in drill look pretty get night you know you can right. look slick in your warm-up but when the wrestling happens when the struggle happens that's when it's revealed who's who's yeah dedicating time to the to the right work and, and who's dedicating time to the hard work right you know well then that also goes back to like what kind of competitor are you too right like um i love this story about uh joey mckenna like uh i guess joey mckenna is like a notorious horrible driller right <laughs> won't let you get shit like not gonna, not gonna get anything on joey mckenna when you're drilling i'm like ah that sounds familiar i, <laughs> I know a guy like that no, <laughs> he's like and he says he's working out with kyle dake or something like that, and he said, "Oh, that must what it, that must be what it's like to drill with with myself." Because <laughs> how Dake's not giving him anything, not getting not getting touched. And I think like there's a lot of lessons from that though. Is like the more you can move away from drilling, once you understand the mechanics, you should spar. Mm. You should spar everything. I really don't know how to drill anymore. I don't drill well unless I'm drilling completely for you, 100, and I'm letting you do everything. Like I, I drill with Cade. That's what I yeah. drew with. He gets everything, I get nothing. Right? <laughs> but I'm not competing. Right. You know? It's zero competition. I'm not competing with him. If I'm going to spar with you, there's some competition in there. Mm -hmm. And I'm feeling everything. And whether, I, whether you score or not, there was still some feel and some thought process and how could I beat you. And I could you know, I could have stopped you if I wanted to. But it was your, your rep, so we sparred through it. Yeah. And that's how you – um go to the next level i think where you see all these kids that are beautiful drillers they can drill they look great drilling and then they get out there and nothing works on the match mm -hmm. it's because they're not sparring they're not doing it under duress they're not doing it with what an opponent is really going to give you in a match you know yeah yep i yep i'm completely agree that's you know spot on and and that's you know, maybe that's where, you know, we go with this kind of, we started with the, the assessment process and, and where you go af after that and kind of the system that you build to get there. And then that's probably the next level where you're, you're sparring and creating, you know, tough situations and learning how to, to fight out of, you know, fight when, when your opponent is giving you, you know, XYZ look versus ABC look. So what do you think against, and let's wrap it up here. I got to eat dinner and we'll do this again. We should try to do one a week. I think this is really good. Yep. Deal. I'm in. I think uh, like, give me one thing. Cause I already know what I'm thinking. One thing that can help transfer the skill from drilling to sparring, from drilling to, to executing in a match. What's the one thing you would do 
to to transfer that skill so from taking it from drilling to sparring and then drilling sparring. To sparring live just trying to transfer the, the the shot you just drilled to being able to do it live in a match so i i i think it's i like training with kids where you put them in those situations i kind of said it earlier is putting them down in on on a double leg or on a single leg or whatever situation you're working in and giving giving basically like easy in hard out yep so so it's really easy to get to the leg and now in order to finish you're gonna have to fight for it and it and, it, and it's not gonna look cookie cutter it's not gonna look the same way every time you might finish you know five six different ways but what we're taking that those hard reps and forcing ourselves to to take them and to be in them and and using and, and leaving an athlete in there for longer periods of time, right? It, it's easy to go like two and two, two and two, back and forth. What about 20 minutes of being in one situation and having to get hard reps over and over and over again? How you not learn? How you not learn you do that? Exactly. How you not, how you not get good? You do that. Yeah. That's you have that's me. And I was going to say the exact same thing, situations, 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 as long as you're giving them feedback on – this is what you're not doing. This is what you need to do better. This is all, oh, this is what you did great. Love the way you, and, and you know, being a PE teacher, have all these cheesy sort of ways of reinforcing kids, but it really does work. And I can see it in my own brooding son when I'm too negative with him. And then I go, okay, I start counting the positives I'm saying. And then, you know, if I say, oh, I like the way you did X, Y, Z. I like the way, and I'm real specific about the praise, man. The way you turned your wrist like that, or the way you, the way your shoulder felt there, that's what that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. And that sort of really rich, um, skill-related feedback, not just good job, right? You know, and I, I get caught up in that too. I say awesome too much. Awesome, awesome. Oh, that's awesome, awesome. And I, and I hear myself. I feel like an idiot. And sometimes I'm just trying to be positive too. Yeah, but. That was awesome the way you did this. The way I saw the way your foot well, I mean, the pressure of your knee and your angle of your body, your head was up really good there, your back was straight. Man, so much better. And now I like with Kate, I see him like I see he's never too uh he's a pretty stoic guy, but I can see it's a little change in his body language, like a, a nod, an affirming nod, and I go, Okay, he's he's on board, he's working, he's receiving what I'm picking up what I'm putting down. And that's awesome. You know, that's a great feeling as an instructor too, you know? So love it, man. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So yeah, we'll, we'll keep at this, man. I, I, I like it. I think that, yeah, we can, we can do this on anything. We're a little scatterbrained. Next time maybe we'll have a couple,